Meanwhile, recorded live by Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to feeling a little more organized than we all once did. It's issue 28, The Tools of the Trade. As we round the corner on almost a full year of quarantine and isolation, it starts to dawn on me that I've developed some habits, as it were, and not exactly the ones that I had set out to develop, or even ones that I was looking for at the beginning of this, but in a way, these are all things born out of necessity more than anything else. It wasn't that uh, I wanted this, it was that I needed this. So certainly the learning to cook and bake and taking on more of the cleaning and household chores was a byproduct of all of the things that uh, I ended up doing during quarantine. But strangely, I started to get a taste for this other different kind of quarantine habit, which was finding habits. As someone who often lives in a fairly chaotic sort of lifestyle, you're playing a show here, you're traveling to this city on this day, you've got a live radio gig on this day, etc., etc. The kinds of behaviors and whatnot that you would like to cultivate are often just not possible. Those daily routines, the kinds of things that you look forward to in the morning and in the evening and throughout the day, had never really had a chance to coalesce because often my day was so completely chaotic and completely unpreparable that any planning I actually did just never actually materialized or worked out in any useful way. What I'm trying to say is that for somebody who has spent a lot of time enjoying the ebb and flow of the moment, I suddenly had a lot of time to reflect in the moment on what kind of routines I'd like to have versus the kinds of routines that perhaps maybe I was just letting happen to me. This is probably a sign of maturity more than a sign of good quarantine behavior, but There is a part of me that, as I get older, I want to find ways to make everything easier. I want to improve the way that I approach everything so that I reduce the amount of friction that there might be, and hopefully in doing so, make myself into a happier person? Maybe? Question mark? Who knows? There's only so many sugar cookies that you can bake. There's only so many chicken dinners that you can prepare before you start to realize that maybe food is not exactly the solution that you're looking for. And while cleaning the bathroom every day might be something to help pass the time, there isn't exactly something fulfilling at the bottom of that. 
I guess what I'm trying to say is that finding the right balance between the way that I live my life and the everyday habits that I need to engage in was something that was really difficult and yet needed to be done. I love organizing. I love being organized. I love making plans and I love trying to keep to them. But sometimes lifestyle just never allows for this sort of behavior. Sitting at home for months on end and learning to live with that has not been easy. And certainly there is also privilege in the behavior that I'm engaging in. I'm allowed to stay home where others have to work and their jobs are not work from home kinds of jobs. So I am in a unique position. But the restlessness of staying at home all the time is a very real and actual thing and not just some sort of made up privileged problem that we should wave our hands at. In fact, as we reshape the world that we're going to live in in the new post-COVID reality that we all find ourselves within, there's probably this need to actually redefine how we handle all of these things. Who knows? I'm not exactly a good architect of how our particular world should be arranged, but I am a fairly decent architect when it comes to constructing a radio program. So for this particular show, I feel like it is important to consider some of the things that I've been working on this last year. Little tips and tricks and things that have gone out of their way to give me not only some shape and function and focus to my everyday, but has actually opened up a lot more time for me to be creative in the ways that I usually want to be. I think what I'm saying here is that I want to talk about planners. It is no secret that as a nerd, I've always been attracted to office supplies and the accoutrement of working in an office. And now that my job is largely to sit at a desk in front of a computer and make radio and music and take notes and write things, uh, I have found that the accoutrement of office life are even more valuable to me now than ever before. But unfortunately, I had developed a really kind of poor behavior towards all of these items. My tiny little box of precious paper clips that I had when I was a kid were doled out so sparingly that even when I kind of maybe actually needed a paper clip, I had a little bit of a moral dilemma over using one. The difficulty between having too much and not enough of a thing to make your work easy is uh, certainly a challenge that should be solved, and solved quickly. If we need to have 16 pens and a cup on our desk in order to have enough pens for us to work and not ever have to think about pens, then we probably should have at least 17 pens in that cup in front of you. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is it took me a long time to realize that by 
actually investing a little bit in some of the things that I might need to get the work done that I want to get done, I'm actually able to get that work done a lot better. Or, you know, to use some of the wonderful Merlin manisms that I've uh, accumulated over the years, if you don't have to think about how you do work, you can actually do work. <laughs> so this has led to me actually realizing that I need probably four notebooks and a hipster PDA in order to effectively accomplish all the things that I'm trying to do on any given day or week. And I know I've discussed the hipster PDA before quickly, but essentially it is a binder clip and a bunch of index cards and a pen. And uh, you can rearrange the cards in any way. You got some blanks in the back. You maybe have some notes scribbled on the ones in the front. I kind of have mine organized by action items and things I'd like to do in the future. So uh, that way I can kind of toss the card off after I've done everything on it. However, uh, what I have not really done a lot of in the past is utilizing different kinds of notebooks. And I found that actually, against my previous advice of making your own planner, there's incredibly cheap ones you can get for almost a dollar. <laughs> or sometimes two for a dollar, depending on where you go. Uh, Pre-made planners are not difficult to come by. And especially if you get one of those, for example, 16-month planners and then come in, uh, say, a few months into it, uh, then you get a very inexpensive thing that you can use that is perfectly functional and uh, you didn't have to make. And this is a, a kind of an aspect to all of this is like not putting your own time into making these things is actually saving you a lot of time. So anyway, I now have a calendar planner. Uh, this is a uh, month view kind of of the things I'm working on. And uh, I have on each individual day uh, events that happen on those days. So uh, that's kind of what this is, is to like look at the kind of broad landscape of what's happening on what part of the particular month or week and uh, plan from there. Now, the second notebook that I got is a, another planner, but this one is a week view. And this one is one that I got very cheaply because it is one of those 16-month things. So I came in on January, but this thing goes back and starts probably in August. Yeah, that's right, August. So um, a good half of it I'm not using. But it was so cheap that, again, I didn't have to make it, and it's a useful device for me. Now, this um, week view does have events listed on it, but this is where I kind of keep track of actions I want to take. Now, this is like a good thing I pull out in the morning where I want to make a little bit of a notation of, okay, well, garbage day is this day. Over here, we have a radio broadcast that needs to be accounted for. These days are open right now, so maybe I should on Monday do that. You know, it's, it's good for that kind of stuff. Um, and then, obviously, you can rearrange things in any way you want. But the beauty of this kind of cheap planner is that you'll just scribble all over it. You just make notes anywhere, everywhere related to the day that you're trying 
to plan for. And it, it's incredibly useful. I, I, I can't even, um, you know, I, I, I probably have mentioned this before, that the, the power of having something that you are not going to keep forever and that you can throw away afterwards is very useful when you just want to make some notes and get some general thoughts out. So uh, those two work in tandem. Now, these other two notebooks are more for actual writing purposes. I got myself a nice little, uh, kind of tiny actually, in a, in a lot of ways, um, notebook with a nice plastic cover. I think uh, the company doesn't really matter, but um, this is where I write more kind of journal type stuff. And uh, it's small, you fill a page pretty quickly. Um, and uh, this gives me a place to put thoughts that are not to-do lists, that are not action items, that are not events that are happening, that are just thoughts. This might not even be writing that's going to go anywhere, um, although this could be where writing that will go somewhere begins. Uh, but yeah, this is mostly just kind of to keep little notes for myself that don't go in those other places. And the last notebook that I have is kind of a production book in a way. Uh, this is a college-ruled style composition book, an old-style one, too. So it's got the big, wide-lined pages. It's stitched in the center, uh, that sort of thing. And these are so cheap nowadays, and I have so many of them that I often don't even write on the back side of the pages at least not at first, because uh, I'm often flipping pages and writing fast, and this is a good place for doing that. So this is where I am coming up with actual bits of things I want to use on the radio, how I want to word stuff. Uh, this is where notes for this show go. Um, this is where song lyrics go. This is where... Um, little notes for how a short story might plot out. Um, and the beauty of these is that like the handwriting is so sloppy, only I could probably read it, which is probably good because I don't want anyone to see these. Uh, and, and, and this is all rough drafts. This is all like, ugh, you know, I'm not ready yet to type these words because I'm not sure if these words yet are ready to be typed. Um, this is a good place for when you are in the brainstorming phase and you just want to blast a whole bunch of stuff out in front of you so that it's no longer in your head and you can actually start crossing out the unnecessary words and start thinking about, well, maybe this phrase would go better first and after I've said this and that kind of thing. And, you know, this is all by way of saying that these are the paper tools that I use, the physical in-person paper tools to help get me to the next place, which is to make the digital work that I make. Almost everything I do is uh, some sort of website or a podcast or a digital file in the final form. Uh, but to make those things, these notes really, really help. So uh, that's just a little bit of the way that you can use different kinds of notebooks to differentiate different kinds of thought. And it, it, it's been so incredibly useful for me that I have found myself gravitating towards just thumbing through these notebooks every morning, 
maybe not necessarily because I'm going to actually write in any of them or cross off some action items or whatever, but because sometimes that actually stimulates the direction of the next thing that I wanna work on. With so many of us stuck at home and so many of us unable to participate in music uh, the way that we normally would like to, my project for 2021 has been to find a way to bring the music to you. Now, obviously I can't perform, I don't wanna bring groups of people together, that doesn't seem very safe. And you know, one of the things that I certainly have wanted to spend more time working on in both 2020 and in this year is sending some mail. So I hit upon this idea that I borrowed from my friend Dylan Hauser, who in turn borrowed it from their friend Scott Bazar, uh, the idea of doing musical postcards, uh, something that you can get in the mail that has a QR code on it. And when you point your phone's camera at the QR code, it activates a song, a video, or some other kind of media that you can then enjoy on your phone or anywhere, depending on how you want to download it and implement it in your everyday life. So I began working on these postcards and experimenting with them, and the January card seemed to work out pretty good. So we now have a February card ready to go. And uh, you can certainly get this if you are interested in joining the mailing list by writing to austinrich at gmail.com. And then you too can get a wonderful old-fashioned postcard with some music embedded in the images on the card itself. Uh, these are designed by myself and uh, certainly a good way to help support the postal system and uh, really kind of bring that musical experience to your mailbox, at least until we can get together in person. And now we bring you another selection from Wema, etc by Flan O'Brien. Book handling. Continued. The gentlemen who are associated with me in the Dublin Wema League have realized that this is the off-season for harvesting the cash of simple people through the medium of art-infected begging letter, and have turned their attention to fresh fields and impostures new. The latest racket we have on hands is the Miles Nagopolin Book Club. You join this and are spared the nerve-wracking bother of choosing your own books. We do the choosing for you. And, when you get the book, it is ready rubbed, i.e. subjected free of charge to our expert handlers. You are spared the trouble of soiling and mauling it to give your friends the impression that you can read. An odd banned book will be slipped in for those who like conversation. Such as, I say, did you read this, old man? I'm not terribly certain that I did, really. It's banned, you know, old boy. Ow! There is no nonsense about completing a form, asking for a brochure, or any other such irritation. You just send in your guinea, and you immediately participate in the great cultural uprising of the Irish people.
constructive criticism. Occasionally, we print and circulate works written specifically for the club by members of the Wama League. Copies are sent out in advance to well-known critics, accompanied by whatever fee that is usually required to buy them. We sent one man ten bob with a new book and asked him to say that once one takes the book up, one cannot leave it down. The self-opinionated Gobdal returned the parcel with an impudent note saying that his price was twelve and sixpence. Our reply was immediate. Back went the parcel with twelve and sixpence and a curt note saying that we were accepting the gentleman's terms. In due course, we printed the favorable comment I have quoted. But once we took steps to see that our critics spoke the truth. The cover of the volume was treated with a special brand of invisible glue that acts only when subjected to the heat of the hands. When our friend had concluded his cursory glance through the work and was about to throw it away, it had become practically part of his physical personality. Not only did the cover stick to his fingers, but the whole volume began to disintegrate into a viscous mess of treacly slime. Short of having his two arms amputated, putting the book down was an impossibility. He had to go round with the book for a week and submit to being fed like a baby by his maid. He got rid of the masterpiece only by taking a course of scalding hot baths that left him as weak as a kitten. That's the sort of customers we at the Wama League are. Letters have been pouring in in shoals. Please note that when it is a question of shoals of letters, they always pour. Regarding the book handling service inaugurated by my Dublin Wama League. It has been a great success. Our trained handlers have been dispatched to the homes of some of the wealthiest and most ignorant in the land to maul, bend, bash, and gnaw whole casefuls of virgin books. Our printing presses have been turning out fake gate theater and abbey programs by the hundred thousand, not to mention pamphlets in French, holograph letters signed by George Moore, medieval playing cards, and the whole paraphernalia of humbug and pretense. There will be a black sheep in every fold, of course. Some of our handlers have been caught using their boots, and others have been found thrashing inoffensive volumes of poetry with horsewhips, flails, and wooden clubs. Books have been savagely attacked with knives, daggers, knuckle dusters, hatchets, rubber piping, razor blade potatoes, and every device of assault ever heard of in the underworld. Novice handlers, not realizing that tooth marks on the cover of a book are not accepted as evidence that its owner has read it, have been known to train terriers to worry a book as they would a rat. One man, he is no longer with us, was sent to a house in Killamanham, and was later discovered in the zoo, handing in his employer's valuable books to Charlie the Chimpanzee. A country-born handler read his books beyond all recognition by spreading them out on his employer's lawn and using a horse and harrow on them, subsequently plowing them in when he realized that he had gone a little too far. Moderation, we find, is an extremely difficult thing to get in this country. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between, a radio zine, The Tools of the Trade. Issue 28 contains some clipped and scribbled-on stories such as quarantine hobbies, planners, postcards, and more selections from Whamma, etc. Written by Flan O'Brien and Austin Rich, and read by Austin Rich. 
We keep hearing from listeners about a holiday that's happening this Sunday called Valentine's Day. We remind listeners that unless there's pumpkins or snow involved, it's just a wannabe holiday and nothing more. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story you'd like to send in, read, or just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you.